0: Hello, and welcome to the Nature City podcast, the show where we get to know our wild neighbors. In this episode, I sit down with Linda Muskalik, president of SOS Trees, to learn more about our urban forests and how to care for it. I am Adrian Werner, your host and fellow naturalist. This is episode seven, Neighborhood Trees. Let's put on our shoes and see what's out there. If you could say your name and how you'd want to be referred to, Okay,
1: I'm Linda Maskalik, and I'm president of the SOS Trees Coalition in Saskatoon.
0: Launching into it, uh, could you tell me a little bit about SOS Trees' work in Saskatoon?
1: Yeah, well, SOS Trees Coalition was formerly called SOS Elms Coalition for many years, and it was formed in 1992, and it was a response to a concern for Dutch elm disease, which was spreading across Canada at the time. And so our organization was instrumental in securing funding from the provincial government for increasing tree pruning of elms in Saskatoon, which has greatly reduced um, the risk of the elm bark beetles breeding in the dead elmwoods. Since then, we have expanded into all trees because there's many concerns with trees in our urban forest. Uh, So we work toward protection and good management of the urban forest. And we get many tree-related inquiries from the public. We try to help them through education and also advocacy. This might mean investigating tree-related complaints or concerns and helping people just to Understand how they can advocate for the trees as well. So, education is kind of our top priority because you can imagine if we don't look after the trees, what would our city look like? I mean, for instance, the elm trees that are lining some of our old streets, if those disappeared, what a different landscape this would be in our city. So, we also want people to appreciate the environmental services that. They provide, and we want people to just appreciate trees for what they are, for beautifying the city. Our latest project is to start an annual Arbor Day. So last year we partnered with Miwason and we had a plan. But of course, 2020 came, and with the COVID, uh, we were not able to do that. So we're working on it for 2021, so we're hoping maybe we can start an Arbor Day next year. I was just wanted to also mention that we have a membership and a donor program and it's made up of people who really care about the urban forest and want to make sure it remains protected and cared for in our communities. The more people that care, the better it will be for the trees. So SOS Trees works with other organizations. So and City of Saskatoon, another tree organization called Friends of the Saskatoon Afforestation Areas. And we've also worked with Saskatoon Cycles. We've been pretty busy.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. You mentioned the uh, donor and the support network. Uh, how can we support the SOS Trees Coalition's work as citizens, as people?
1: Well, there's lots of things people can do. They can support us by calling their councillors, or you can call the Urban Forestry Department if issues arise. So the more of us that speak up about the trees the more we will be heard. So you can also contact our organization and we can look into it as well. And we often go out and investigate if people have concerns. So as I said, you can become a donor, which is a big support for us because sometimes we need funds for some of the things that we do. We also have memberships and student memberships are free so um, we just like to get some more young people involved as well. So when you sign up we also have a newsletter that comes out every two months or so so it keeps people updated on what's happening with tree news. Also you can check out our Facebook page we try to put as much information as we can on that page. Another thing people can do is volunteer with us. So Arbor Day would be a good example. If we get one going, we'll need lots of volunteers. We also are at Gardenscape. There was a Living Green show that we attended. um, The Jane's Walk in the spring. Sometimes we do tree tours. So if people want to volunteer for any of those kind of projects that we do, that would be a big help. One thing we did this fall was we worked with Miwason and we wrapped trees down along the river where the beavers have been taking out a lot of the trees so we did a tree wrapping session so that was another one where we needed lots of volunteers and if you're a knowledgeable person about trees you can help us give tree tours and things like that
0: wonderful as far as getting a membership is that something people can do uh, on your website or is it in person or what's the best way to sign up
1: Yeah, it's right on our website. It's easy to do. You just click the donor button and you can join that way.
0: Perfect. And the other thing that you mentioned was that you are commonly answering people's questions. So I'm wondering if you'd be willing to go over some of those most common questions that you get and some answers for them.
1: Yeah, some of the questions that we get are often about tree protection And that's often in the case where there's construction going on and they want to know, you know, how can we be protecting the trees or the neighbours across the street or building a new house and the trees aren't being protected. So we get lots of questions like that. Sometimes there are general health questions, uh, insects and disease questions. As far as general health, one example this year a woman wrote to us and she has an elm tree in her backyard and she wanted to know if she could apply a fungicide to it to protect it from Dutch elm disease, which at the time when she wrote to us, we didn't actually have a case of Dutch elm disease in Saskatoon. And uh, and since then, we have had a case. I just replied back and said that, uh, you know, we have no idea how you apply this fungicide. It's not something that's being done in Saskatoon because we don't have the disease here. But I did give her some contact information for Winnipeg because they do have the disease and they do apply that fungicide, which may or may not help. But I was just impressed that somebody cared that much about that tree, that they wanted to go ahead and do something to help protect it in case the disease came And we actually went over to her place and looked at the tree because I was just curious about it. And it was in her backyard and it was just this massive elm tree. It was amazing. It's just big spreading tree that covered her whole backyard and part of both her neighbors on each side. So I can see why she was concerned and really loved that tree and, and wanted to try and do something. So that was interesting. We often get questions about laws um policies uh, that can be enacted on for tree protection and this year in particular we've actually had people from Moose Jaw and Prince Albert as well asking us questions about tree protection because they had problems in their city with trees being taken down that probably shouldn't have been and just recently this was a funny one it was an email we got from a woman from Los Angeles worried about a tree and she didn't explain what was going on, but it was one of her neighbors that were doing something to their trees and she was upset. So she contacted us and I I replied and I said, Well, we're up here in Canada. I don't know that we can do much. But I did tell her to go to their counselors and I tried to give her as much information as I could about place you know who she could contact. But she replied back and said, they can't find tree protection organization like what we have. And so she had reached out to us. So hmm. I thought that was interesting.
0: That is interesting. I guess you have a good name if people can find you that easily.
1: Yeah. Well, she even said you should open a chapter down here. And <laughs> I kind of laughed at that. I thought, well, <laughs> this time of year, it's kind of tempting. but
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You'd have a very high uptake of work in in winter normally. (laughs) Yeah. Very active half the year. People have these really incredible relationships with their trees that are really special.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. Lots of people are very interested in what they can do to protect their trees or just curious about having them ID'd if they're not sure what kind of tree it is and things like that.
0: Definitely. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about Dutch elm, but what do you think the largest threats to Saskatoon's urban forests are right now?
1: Well, I think the largest threat right now is climate change. And our trees are vulnerable as they already live in a, in stressful conditions with compacted and often inadequate soil conditions and less access to moisture um, being in the city and also air pollution, things like that. And the health of trees is important because if they're not healthy and they're stressed, then these changing climate conditions are gonna be really tough on them for adaptation. So it's something that we have to consider is keeping our urban forest very healthy because there's gonna be some big changes coming for the trees. And another threat is development in the city. This is one that we have been watching very closely And often economic development and expansion is in direct contact with trees that are planted in areas that are now deemed a site for new buildings, new roads, new sidewalks. And we understand that it will happen. And in many cases, it is necessary for an expanding city. But we often see examples, and in particular, in the infill developments where you're taking down old houses and putting up new ones, where the developers just clear cut the entire lot and there's often no consideration for saving even one or two trees if it's even possible. I know it takes more time to protect the trees and work around them. And it's also more expensive for the builders. And so it's often not a priority, but you know, I think the new homeowners would benefit and appreciate a mature tree that was maybe protected and left beside their new house, but it's often not done. But even the public street trees suffer from this development because often they drive over the root zones of the trees to get to the lot and it compacts the soil and so the roots cannot get the oxygen needed for good growth. And the problem with this is they often don't think they've Wreck the tree, but it sometimes takes two or three years before it starts to show up. So that's when all of a sudden you start to see signs of a declining tree. A few years after the construction is done, the developer is gone, and the tree becomes unhealthy. And then you have a tree that again is susceptible to climate changes, to insects and diseases. And so, speaking of insects and diseases, that is another threat that. We have always worried about Um, Dutch elm disease, of course, is one. And we just had a new case uh, in the fall of 2020. So that is something that we really have to keep our eyes out for. This is the second case now in Saskatoon that they have found. So, you know, can you just imagine one of those elm lined streets without those elm trees? It would be pretty devastating. But now there's new insects. There's the emerald ash borer which has wiped out many of the ash trees in the eastern part of North America. But it's been in the Americas for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years now. I think it came from China. And they always said, oh no, well, this insect can't survive in cold weather. So they didn't think it would be a problem on the prairies. But then it was discovered in Winnipeg a few years ago and it has been able to survive and it's starting to take down their ash trees which is really sad because they're also fighting dutch elm disease so now they've got elm trees coming down and ash trees and the city of saskatoon our urban forest is about 25 percent ash so that could be devastating if we get that insect here so that is another one that we need to watch for and the urban forestry department with the city has been very diligent about these diseases and insects and they did catch both the dutch elm disease cases very quickly and remove the trees so that was good.
0: Yeah actually I'm from Winnipeg I go there fairly often so I definitely see especially in the last decade what's happened to the elm canopy there in the neighborhood that my family lives in so it's it's quite extraordinary. And then to lose the big ashes, which are sort of the only other major cover in a lot of those places is really tragic. It's interesting talking to people there about the environmental loss of losing all those trees. There's a lot of sadness around that. And definitely coming to Saskatoon for the first time and seeing such an intact elm canopy, it was sort of bringing me back to my childhood a little bit. It's really special. And it seems... Uh, to me anyway, that Saskatoon is very diligent and has that Elmwood bylaw. I was kind of despairing when that first case in, in Saskatoon was reported. But yeah, it did seem that people dealt quickly and didn't just take down the tree, but also did searches for other Elmwood. That was very positive from my perspective anyway.
1: Yes, that's what they do. They They do all summer, I think, They check for Elmwood in people's yards just by doing drive-bys through back alleys to make sure that people aren't storing Elmwood because that is illegal. It's a provincial legislation. But there's several things that the general public can do, and they can make sure that their own private trees are well taken care of just by watering them in the summer because we have such dry conditions here. But also, if they can drag a hose out and water the city trees as well, adjacent to their lots. I mean, that would help immensely. The other thing they can do is just advocacy for better standards, better building standards, maybe so that trees are protected better when there is construction. We have advocated for years for a tree protection bylaw. Now the city does not have a bylaw. We have a policy here, but a policy doesn't really stand up in court very well. And we need something stronger than that. City Council is talking about getting one through in 2021. So we're definitely hoping that will happen. Uh, So it's very important that people advocate for this. They can call their councillors, they can... Try and talk to the mayor's office and and make sure that they know that this is an important issue and that we really do need a tree protection bylaw. The other thing people can do is educate themselves about the insects and diseases that could be in Saskatchewan. So Dutch elm disease, what to look for, what are the signs, Um, also How to identify some of the insects, like what does an emerald ash borer look like? So that if they're out in their yard and they see this strange little green insect, you know, they can call the city right away and get somebody out there to ID it. Because if they catch it quick enough, it would make a huge difference. So, yeah, it's just important to speak up for the trees, just like that Dr. Seuss quote. You know, from the Lorax, I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. So it's important. People just call in, even if they're not sure, and um, have it checked out.
0: I had a couple of follow-up questions. So you mentioned watering trees. I'm just wondering if you could say a little bit about if you are deciding that maybe this coming summer you water your trees, how often should you?
1: Yeah, how often, I guess, depends on how dry it is but if it's a tree that's just been planted, then they need to be watered very often. Like You'd water them two or three times a week, probably, to get it established. If it's an older tree, a larger tree, it wouldn't need watering as often, but the thing is, it's going to need a ton of water, so you'd be best to just put a slow trickle hose on it and just let it run and run and run so that it seeps into the ground and you can get good moisture in the ground and even a just a medium-sized tree might take 50 gallons or more so uh, a very large tree would need a lot of water but you wouldn't have to do it as often
0: yeah and i guess they're thirsty in our climate since we're on the prairies
1: yes very after you're done watering you should mulch around the tree so if you put wood chip mulch or any other kind of mulch that you can get a hold of that keeps the root zone cool and moist. So it's a good way to help.
0: Wonderful. Are there any other ways that we can protect the trees that we have sort of control over or advocate for protection for other trees?
1: Yeah, as far as keeping them healthy, advocating through your city council. Uh, If you have any questions at all, too, you can call the City of Saskatoon, the Urban Forestry Department, Or email them and they probably will get back to you about any concerns or they'll send out an arborist. Now, whether they will for a private tree, I'm not sure because they're very busy. But if it's your own private tree, they can email us at sostrees.ca. Or they could call their local garden centres. Those guys are really good at answering questions. The university has a garden line. That's another good resource so, tree people love helping people with their trees. So, lots of good resources.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you plugged Garden Line. I always try and fit that in anytime I have an opportunity because they do great work. Yeah, they do. So, if someone was taking the opportunity, you know, being around Saskatchewan this winter or even during the summer, uh, to get to know the trees around them a little bit better, how could someone start to really understand the trees in their neighborhood?
1: Well, they could try to ID them. And if they don't know the species, the City of Saskatoon has a good website that describes many of the trees that they plant. They could also send us a photo at SOS Trees. Sometimes you can help from photos. You know, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. But again, the garden centers are good references for that. Or even just Googling it on the internet to see if you can figure out what kind of tree it is. I guess that would be a way to do it. Another thing that to understand trees, we have put out a tree tour booklet. So we wanted to encourage people to learn more about trees within Saskatoon. So it was just kind of an educational component of our organization for their appreciation of trees. So we wanted to point out some of the unusual species in Saskatoon. Or maybe some of the largest species or unique forms so we originally asked people to send in stories about trees that they really love or what they considered unique and we get all kinds of responses from that it was really quite interesting <laughs> of course we couldn't include them all in the tree tour booklet but we did respond to everybody and we went out and checked out their tree and we just had such good tree conversations and we gave them one of the first booklets that came out when we launched the tree tour booklet we had a opening at McNally bookstore uh, with a presentation and that was kind of fun but if they go on our website they can find out which stores carry the booklets you can go and pick one up at uh, quite a few locations in Saskatoon so one of the trees that I could highlight in that book We've already talked about the American elm, so I would highlight that one as one. It's on page nine of the booklet, and it's not an unusual species, but it is one of our best street trees that we have here in Saskatoon. And they're just so beautiful with their arching form, and they're also so hardy, which makes them a great street tree. The one that's in our booklet is the largest elm in the city, and it's on Poplar Crescent. So it's one to check out, and it's about a century old. Also next door to it is a butternut tree, and it's also listed in the book with the elm. And it's a member of the walnut family, so it is a native to eastern Canada. Not native here, but it seems to do really well. And so it's one that we hope gets planted a little more often because it's just lovely with its compound graceful leaves and it deserves a little more space in our city. And that can be controversial too. The native species are probably the hardiest species. So it is true that we should plant more native species here than anything else. But at the same time, we look at how few native species we have on the prairies. So it doesn't diversify our urban forest very well. So we do plant all kinds of non-native species, and some of them do very, very well here.
0: Yeah, I think one of my favorite trees, I think it's in the tour, are the two Manitoba maples on Sass Crescent, near Mm -hmm. on Cosmopolitan Park, like almost facing across from the Bedsboro. They have these long, sprawling branches, and they're probably the nicest Manitoba maples that I have ever seen because they're not always very pretty trees.
1: I think it's just one. Oh maybe, it, yeah in our book and it is a beautiful old maple. And some of the limbs branch all the way back to almost touch the house. It's got such long lateral limbs. And it it is a beauty. And in fact the homeowners had a big iron post there to hold up the limb to try and keep it from breaking because I think it's a pretty old tree. Yeah, some of them are, they're just, sometimes the more unique and gnarly they are, the the nicer they are.
0: Yeah, and Manitoba maples are definitely gnarly. <laughs> they definitely sprawl every which way. They are. I've heard, um, I think is it maybe the university has some cuttings from the crooked bush of some poplar trees? Yes.
1: That is a unique area north of Hafford, Saskatchewan, worth going to see. The twisted trees or crooked bushes, all kinds of names for it. But it's just a, a bunch of trembling aspen in a farmer's field. And the next bush over is normal. Have you been up
0: there? I have, yeah. I went there this yeah. summer. It was really incredible. It
1: is incredible. And actually, if you go in the fall when the leaves are gone or early spring, it's even better because you can see the form of all the twisted branches you can see less of it with all the leaves on mm-hmm. without the leaves it's pretty unique hmm. yeah
0: yeah and i also went to the or i forget the name of the tree but the largest tree in saskatchewan uh, cottonwood tree i read also recently that saskatoon beat the record that someone has the largest diameter tree do you know anything about that <laughs>
1: No, like a different, not that tree. Not
0: that tree, but actually in Saskatoon that someone has a, oh. I believe it's a poplar that has three split trunks at the diameter before the split. It's wider than the cottonwood by, I think, a couple of inches.
1: Well, in our tree tour book, we do have what we claim is the largest tree. And it is a poplar or, you know, cottonwood. Mm-hmm. Because they're native and they they do get big. It is on 8th Street Hmm. 231 8th street east It's a giant cottonwood from what we've measured because there was another one that was very close it is the largest tree in the city but i suppose hmm. if you're talking about a tree with a split trunk that one might be bigger I, I don't know which one
0: yeah and i don't think it was height i think it was diameter and not that yeah. high above the ground but yeah. there's definitely an endless source of very interesting trees to find Uh, throughout the city
1: there is my husband and I are real tree people and even when we travel we always search out unique trees and it's fun
0: Hmm. something that I found really interesting about trees is that we can really identify them as unique individuals which you really can't do with say chickadees or something like that and I think that's a really special thing about trees is that you always know that that same tree is going to be there unless it dies or someone chops it down
1: exactly yeah, and it's amazing how many people have a favorite tree or they've given us stories about their tree that they raised from a little seedling or their kids planted it or it had always been out there on their farm, wherever.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I I definitely find it very reassuring whenever I have a chance to swing by that Manitoba maple in the yard and see that it's still there and it's still growing and it's still looking healthy. I know. It's definitely very special.
1: Yeah. There was a tree out toward the canoe launch south of Saskatoon. It was just a big, big cottonwood out in the field. And I always looked at it whenever we went out there and I just kind of admired it. Well, And I noticed it was declining. It was just an old tree and you could see branches falling off every year. And then the one spring when we drove by, the tree was gone. It was laying on the ground. And it's just sad. You know, Oh, my goodness. But I had taken a lot of photos of it, and a friend of mine had taken a lot of photos. I, I'm an artist, and I painted it. So that mm. kind of made me
0: feel better. Yeah, gets to live on in memories and in paintings. Yeah. It's a really nice tribute. Was there anything else that you were thinking of that we should think about?
1: I just want to say we need to really appreciate all the trees that are planted out there. I know a lot of times we get complaints and the city gets complaints too about apples dropping on the sidewalks or nuts dropping on the sidewalks and it's a hindrance or there's too many leaves and you know things like that and I just always want to tell people, yeah, I know that is a hassle and you do have to scrape up those apples off the sidewalk maybe one week out of the year. But when you think about it, it snows all winter and we know we have to shovel snow and that's a hindrance too. But do we want to really get rid of trees because of something like that? Because the services that they provide far away any of those hindrances that we may have to put up with. And the trees are there for the entire community. So when people look at the street trees and they don't want the apple trees or they don't want this or that, they have to remember that especially the public trees are not just for them. It's for the entire community. So for people walking down the street and they have the shade in the summer, those trees provide that for everybody. And even the private trees, if you cut them all down in your yard, the whole community starts to look barren and we just want to promote people having a little more appreciation and understanding of how important it is for everybody in the community to enjoy that canopy cover.
0: You've mentioned a couple of times uh, services that trees can provide for a community. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that just so we can capture that for, for the podcast?
1: What comes to mind for a lot of people is shade, and it is important. And uh, if the trees are near your house, it actually can save you money on heating and cooling costs as well. They also help to mitigate water retention. When it rains, the roots will suck up the water so that there's less chance of flooding or too much water in your yard. So they're very important for that psychologically i mean there's so many studies that have been done that show people that live near trees or people that look out of a hospital window and have trees and greenery to look at actually supposedly heal faster than people <laughs> that don't have that view that's an interesting study but of course it's a place for wildlife to live it's amazing how many more birds you're going to have around your neighborhood if you have trees so that's another important feature just CO2 emissions. They pull CO2 out of the atmosphere. So we need a carbon capture now more than ever. So it's another important thing that trees do for us. If people want more information, they can also go to our website. It's sostrees.ca and check that out. And if people are interested in trees and they wanted to join our membership or join our board and get involved we would love to have you
0: wonderful thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to to chat all right all right take care okay bye-bye trees are another living organism we share the city with Like all living things in the city, we have to find ways to coexist, and sometimes that involves compromises. Although at first glance, we may seem to understand the lives of trees better than those of a fox, a beaver, or a coyote, still, they are full of surprises. Sadly, our urban canopy faces threats, and people like Linda Muscalik and the members of SOS Trees have dedicated countless hours to protecting them. This is important because trees face threats from climate change, drought, compaction, ineffective protection from construction and diseases. Linda reminds us that trees are for the entire community and they should be protected. Like her, I have trouble imagining a city without a beautiful tree canopy. Since this episode was recorded in December 2020, I'm happy to say that SOS Trees hosted their first Arbor Day, May 2021. The pop-off tree near Blaine Lake is still the largest tree in Saskatchewan. However, there is a hybrid poplar with a wider trunk located in Montgomery Place in Saskatoon. This is the final episode of the Wild City Podcast. If you liked this season, please consider sharing it with a friend. Saskatoon is an amazing city, and I hope you learned a thing or two about the wild world around you. Take care, and farewell.